Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means that no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope that something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. Can music awaken love? Can it be a powerful tool to create change? There are so many of us who are looking for reconnection with peace and comfort in these anxious times, and singer-songwriter Paul Luftenegger has made it his life's work to create music that helps enfold, unfold our inner heart through consciousness and intention. He's here today, and we're going to hear two complete songs from his new album, The Miracle of You, and Paul will be sharing the story of his spiritual journey and where he believes this focus on love and kindness can take us. Are you ready to meet him? Paul Luftenegger is an independent, international, multi-award-winning singer and songwriter. His album, Love, Expanding Love, was made available in more than 120 countries worldwide and has been shared with millions. His new album, The Miracle of You, was inspired by his partnership with author Anita Morjani. Paul's music is loved and appreciated by many people throughout the world. Oprah Winfrey, the Prince of Cambodia, Glenn Close, and the Premier of Ontario are just a few of his fans and friends. Paul's aim is to encourage global love and kindness through positive conscious music. You can find out more about Paul and his work at BeKindness.com. That's B-E-E, kindness.com. Paul, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hi, Karen. It is such a pleasure to be here again. Oh, gosh. I'm very glad to have you here. And maybe as we're moving into this hour of talking about your work and sharing some of your music, maybe let's start, if you can let us know how you got to this place on your spiritual journey what how did you get here well um basically um my life uh it's been different throughout my whole life but i realized kind of um in 2011 um i needed to change my life and it was after my father's suicide um that really woke me up and i broke open really for lack of a better word um and in 2011 um being in that space of absolute trauma and shock, um, I knew that I needed to really put myself back together because I always say I broke into billions of pieces. And um, at the same time, um, I also felt alchemy uh, shift in my life. And it was almost as if I, um, I kind of, I mean, for the divine flow of the universe started to really show up um, in my healing journey. And you know, we're all healing from something, but for me, this is my story, and um, it's kind of what has led me to really write music to um, inspire global love and kindness, really, and it's conscious music. And I knew instantly that day that my life had changed, and it would never be what it once was. Wow. Were you an adult when your father took his life? 
Yes. So I was um, I was 33, mm. um, if memory serves me correctly, when that uh, this, the age that I was at that time. Um, so it was 2011. So five years ago, just this past March. It's difficult. I know. Just in my, I just turned. Um, I didn't just turn 50. I'm about to be 51. Oh my goodness, I can't say I just turned 50 anymore, can I? <laughs> Nine months ago, I just turned 50. But I'm aware as I get older that my relationship with my parents is is different. And the way we look at them when we're children and then when we see them as through the eyes of, of an adult, it's it's very different. And I can only imagine how difficult it must be to have your father leave in that way. Very difficult. Mm. Yeah, it was definitely um, something that I didn't know. I, I, it's kind of one of those things where I knew that I would be okay, but I was really, um, I would say, traumatized at the same time, and I had to heal that trauma. And that's, you know, losing a parent um, by suicide is pretty intense. And um, I had actually found my father with my mother, so it was, um, it was a really, really horrendous um, kind of space to be in. But at the same time, what I realized through that process is that grief um, is very organic, I always call it. And I didn't know how the process would feel. You always kind of imagine what that would be like. But then when you go through grief, it's very interesting because the message that was coming through to me um, really was that it's organic and that process is very much um, divine and sacred. So it's interesting because I didn't realize before my dad passed that that would be a part of the process. I didn't have the wherewithal to understand that until you're in it. So um, that's, you know, it was something that was very personal and very beautiful at the same time because you celebrate life when someone crosses over. Hmm. I had a very dear friend, my best friend for many years, uh, passed from suicide in 2014. And one of the things that I was the most struck by for me was how angry I was with her Mm. for making the choice that she made. And for me, that anger was something that I needed to deal with in my own, in my own grieving process. Sure. Yeah. Was that the same for you? Was there? Well, I have to say, um, anger for me was not a part of this. Um, I think, um, everyone has their own personal experience and it, you know, it's, I always like to say the universe is a genius and, um, you know, we're all learning and healing this world as we heal ourselves. So I know for me, um, my father and I had a relationship that was very unique throughout our life. And the last, really the last few years of his life were very special because we spent a lot of time together. Um, I read to him, actually. He was 56 when he passed. And for me, anger wasn't a part of it because I knew, for me, that that wasn't... um, it just didn't feel like I could do that to my to myself, actually, at that mm-hmm. point in time. Mm-hmm. And that being said, what's interesting about that space for me of anger is I have had a little bit of anger, probably more a few years down the road after that. And I don't feel that way anymore. But I, you know, I certainly went through a little bit of that kind of for a little bit. But I knew that for me, anger wouldn't solve anything for me. Yeah. So um, I kind of it was easy actually just to kind of move beyond that, and I try to stay in the space of of love as much as I can. And you know we trip on fear all the time sometimes, yes. but we just kind of brush ourselves off and kind of get get going again. <laughs> well, and that anger, at least for me, is kind of a dis- like a mm-hmm. destructive replacement for the things that I was really feeling, which I think was at least for me a very deep sense of loss. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's very, very normal to be angry. And um, I think that that's something that's, that needs to be said as well, because I know that that's what a lot of people go through in grief. And it's totally and perfectly organic to be in that space, too. How did music help you during that difficult period? Well, what's interesting in my story is I used to, I didn't realize before my father crossed over um, that I really was quite a mess actually in fear. I didn't realize um, how much though until until I started kind of putting myself back together. Um, for me, um, essentially fear is, um, is something that I understand now. Um, and I, you know, I had to do a lot of work on myself to kind of put myself back together. I did a life review and for me, I realized very simply that there's two roots in life. There's love and fear. Um, loving roots for me were the only way to kind of heal. <laughs> and that's peace, love, joy, happiness, prosperity, and realizing that everything's energy from those two roots, love or fear. And choosing to expand love every day really started to help me. Music, ironically, started to flow back into my life. And if you look back at my past, I kind of got scared of music when I was probably um, in grade six. So um, I was always in music and someone had told me that the arts didn't pay. And for some <laughs> reason, I believed them. And I really stopped music really as being a profession. It was more for just a hobby growing up. And I was in music right through all of high school. Um, but I just never thought it could be a profession. And I, you know, I did all of the things that I thought I was supposed to be, which is, you know, the corporate ladder for most. Um, most people have experienced that process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and for me, that was kind of my, um, just my path that I had chosen and really pushed music off to the side thinking that it, I was really just too scared to, to take the initiative to do it. And when my dad died, I couldn't do work, you know, the conventional work anymore because I knew I had to heal. And I took really a good amount of time and just focused on music and it started just flowing out of me. Um, and I knew that it was the only way kind of forward. So, and here we are. <laughs> wow. That's wonderful. And that to be able to perform, I think in just a second here, we'll listen to the miracle of you from the new album. Um, but the, it takes so much courage maybe to be as vulnerable as you are and especially to perform then in front of people, not just in the studio, not just in the front of the mic, sure. but in front of people as well. How do you, do you feel, is that a thing that brings up that fear or are you kind of carried through that? Well, what, what I've, I've, you know, I obviously, um, I deal with things differently now, um, but I have to say I have performed um, a number of times now. And the thing that I, I went to a Snatum Core concert um, really uh, last year, actually, and it really helped me because I realized, and it was so interesting because it was a sold out show and I happened to sit at the, f as close as you could to, to her, actually. Um, I don't know how that worked out, but the universe was very kind to me that day. And I actually got to to see her perform. And what I realized that she does that's very beautiful from a spiritual perspective is that she closes her eyes. And I gave myself permission to do that when I sing. Uh -huh. um, as a performer, you kind of, I don't know, you, you have to find your own kind of organic way when you perform. And for me, closing my eyes in and out is actually very helpful. So that actually really helped my fear just kind of going inside of myself and singing from the inside out. Um, and closing your eyes really does quiet the mind. So... Well, and as we come into this, as we come into this song from your new album, you can hear that it comes 
from the inside out. That's part of why your music is so powerful. Is there, would you like to set up this song for us? This is The Miracle of You. Sure. Well, this is actually from my new album with Anita Morjani, who's a New York Times bestselling author. Um, we're in partnership in this in this project. And um, essentially, this song is really an invitation to go within. And um, it's, you know, I like the line in it is, come take a ride with me to paradise. Because when I sing, that's where I feel that I am closest to God myself. And it really is to open up the heart space. So it's an invitation to go within your own heart as the listener. Beautiful. Let's hear it. The Miracle of You from Paul Luftenegger. Take a ride with me To paradise Heaven's in your heart Beating inside You're alive The great divine Older than time You And the heart is 
strong. Let your love lift you up. Let your heart rock it to honor the And that's the title track from Paul Luftenegger's new album, The Miracle of You. Paul, as I listen to that, I'm really moved by that idea of the divine design of you. What does that mean? What do you believe about the divine design? Well, I've learned um, in my own spiritual growth and practice, um, that we are always with our source. I, you know, I call that God. I, I believe very much that, um, the divide of the world, you know, the subdividing, the dividing, this, again, just this divide, you know, the veils that have been placed upon this earth, you know, in country, all of the veils, sex, you know, everything, quite frankly, for me, it's all just an illusion. And um, it is really just about love in the end. And hence the love expanding love idea that I'm all about. And I feel that when you do that space, you actually raise your vibration within your light body becomes charged with love. And it's really, quite frankly, a vibrational shift um, from fear to love. And the more we do that and understand that we are more with what I call source, what I call God, um, and that divine design flows through us where I am, God is, where I, wherever that is. And that's no different for anyone. And it's just the communication um, and the acceptance of that divine love that I feel is kind of that magic sweet spot that I, I think was lacking in my past that I realized by becoming the most me I could be, I realized um, it was through singing. And I think everyone has their own path and their own journey to find that, you know, that beautiful space. Um, and that's really what I'm talking about in the divine design. And that's being with really with omnipresent love. For someone listening to this, who feels outside, feels not connected, feels, uh, cut off from, or unaware of divine love. How can we begin to breathe into that, begin to get a deeper connection? Well, I think the most important thing that you can do is love yourself. Um, and if you don't, I know a lot of us work on that every day. I know for me, I, I had to do a lot of work in that. And that starts with just breathing, <laughs> just simply breathing. Um, and that's really all that's really expected of anyone is just to breathe. Just your presence is a gift. Um, beyond that, taking that space within you and just breathing in love um, inside of yourself and letting that just resonate. And, you know, it's a process. So waking up in the morning and just being in the space of just really just being okay with breathing. Um, that's kind of how I started. Um, after my dad died, that was, it was a very, very hard space to be in um, because I really didn't know um, what was going to happen. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just started with breathing. And I think that, you know, we all go through challenges. No one gets out unscathed. Um, and if we can just start with breathing, I think that's the start of everything great. I agree with you. I believe that that just in that space of the breath, we can shift it from fear to love, whatever Absolutely. it is, right? It's not like it takes, you know, 30 years and pay a million dollars and do all these things that just allowing yourself that breath, just that space. 
Yeah, and can... also too, the title of this album is "The Miracle of You" because I think ultimately, you know, we have to recognize that we're a miracle. And if if you just take a moment to reflect on the fact that you're a miracle, it, it, you know, all the things that had to align, realign, configure, and reconfigure for you mm. to be here. That is the most amazing thing that you will ever experience, and that is actually you. Um, and when you, if you can just take a moment to realize that you're a miracle, and just, you know, if you get into a space of fear, just realize that you're a miracle and that that's all that matters. Well, and that any action we take, the choices that we make are coming from that, what I would call kind of that ground of divine love. So, Anything that I do is coming from that divine foundation. And when I am in love, grounded in love and acting with integrity and clarity and joy and peace and all that good stuff from that field of divine love, everything I do is amplified, magnified, makes so much more difference. And everybody can do that. Absolutely. And it's just, you know, one step at a time. I know for me, one of the things that's really hard in grief is the nighttime. And um, I always like to remind people, so we added a grief counselor that just, you know, she's, it's really interesting because she swooped in for a few seconds that morning and we didn't call her. She just showed up with the police department. And one of the things that she said is just, you know, turn on a light and just leave it on for as long as you need it to be on. That light was on for many years for me. Um, we left her hall light on. It stayed on when I slept. And what I think is really interesting with nighttime after you go through a really big trauma, nighttime is scary because it's dark. Um, and I remember being in a cocoon. And the thing that I, I specifically remember is that I knew that the new dawn would help me heal. And if you can just be in a space of that new love in the morning, knowing that that will come for you, the dawn, the sun will rise. And if you can just go to bed each night knowing that there's a new fresh day with no mistakes in it, mm. that space is divine um, in the morning. And it's the renewed sense of love that can happen in the morning. And just that rejuvenation of the sun rising every day, it's a constant that helps us ground. And that for me was really helpful. And I share that, you know, periodically with people if they're in a space that's challenging. That's beautiful. And that nighttime also when, when you're in a place of awaiting that new dawn and that fresh awakening can also be a place I know at least for me and I think for other people who deal with kind of anxiety in their lives or in their energy patterns that nighttime can be a time when you find yourself going over and over and over again things that went wrong things you might have done differently things that and it's just again that breath can take you into that space of just waiting for the waiting for the dawn absolutely Mm, that's beautiful. I um, interviewed a guy who had a paranormal team, has done a lot of television shows, and when he got his start doing paranormal investigations, he used to go to haunted places and he'd investigate them during the day instead of at night during the dark. And that was kind of his thing. That was like his gimmick. That's how he got known. And I asked him about that and he said, well, no, the paranormal activity is the same in the night as it is in the day. It's just that at night it's quieter and our senses are sharper and we listen more. They pay, we pay attention more. So we notice that stuff. So I believe there are gifts in gifts in the night. It's just holding that sacred space to be able to, to receive them. Absolutely. And quite frankly, there, for me, I, it's really interesting in grief because you actually, your sleeping patterns totally change. And I actually would get up usually around three o'clock in the morning and 
I loved actually that space because it was really silent and it was almost where the world was at peace. Mm. It's interesting because I had never really known that space in the morning after a few hours of sleep and I would usually go back to bed, but I would get up for at least a good couple of hours because I just had to. And I loved that space and that night and that quiet peacefulness that really, I believe helped me heal. To me, that's a beautiful metaphor for that. One of the things I think is true about the spiritual journey is it takes us to places that have always been there, always been available, but we're seeing them for the first time. And there's something about being the only one on your block awake at 3 a.m. There really is. And it's special. Yeah, it is special. And it's, there's, uh, there's magic in that. Yes, absolutely. And I, I really believe that that's almost, um, there's a sweet spot in it that I know Dr. Dyer spoke of it um, in his work. And I love, I love that space. And I know some people kind of go like, I know, I always get kind of flack sometimes like, why are you getting up so early? You need sleep. And it's kind of like, well, you know, I'll get what I need. I know my body knows what it needs. <laughs> mm. That's also maybe part of the divine design is that when we allow ourselves to kind of be dictated by our own internal rhythms, mm-hmm. then those external rhythms maybe have less, have less power. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Paul Luftenegger. His new album is The Miracle of You, and you can find out more about Paul and his work at BeKindness.com. That's B-E-E, kindness.com. And when we come back after this short break, I want to talk to Paul about his partnership with Anita Morjani, about the genesis of this new album, and much more. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude, what happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Dude, what is this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, there's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. It's always nice to come home, but these days, many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes. Fortunately, help is available. Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners, and we want to help you. I'm home. I'm home. And I love it. I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act, the better chance we can help you. I'm home. I'm home. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Sassy! 
This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well's a rotten egg. Ha-ha, I win. Whoa! Sassy! Johnny fell down the well. I'm wet. What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl. What? You'd rather use this time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold. People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? (laughs) What? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What'd he say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt! And now back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Paul Luftenegger. His new album is The Miracle of You, and you can find out more about Paul, his music, and his work at BeKindness.com. That's B-E-E-Kindness.com. And of course, I always welcome your feedback, your questions, your comments about what you're hearing today. How does Paul's music move you? What in your life are you overcoming or moving through that is leading you to a greater awareness of divine love, of the miracle of you? You can always reach out to me through my website, KarenHager.com, and my email is Karen at KarenHager.com. Paul, the new album, The Miracle of You, is a function of your partnership with Anita Morjani. How did you meet Anita, and what is it that drew the two of you together? Well, um, we, it's kind of, uh, for sure it's the universe. I have to just Mm -hmm. say that up front. Um, For sure, there's a divine design in us meeting. And um, what's interesting about Anita's story is it's similar to mine. It's different. Hers was, um, you know, a near-death experience with cancer. Um, And for me, you know, I had... I had essentially um, uh, essentially a new life that was born from uh, trauma. And what is interesting is I had to learn how to be me and the real me. Um, so Anita and I feel that we, I think that we have a similar story. And I think that most people have more similar things than different. Um, so that's something that I feel is important to say really in, in, my, in my work. Um, the one thing I just want to share with you about when we met is that she actually reached out to me on Twitter. And, you know, it's one of those things where I wasn't really into Twitter at that time all that much. I kind of was like, eh, it's nice. But what's so fascinating is, you know, when when the opportunity is meant to arise, it comes. And, you know, they say when the student's ready, the teacher arrives. Mm-hmm. I felt like Anita was a bit of a teacher for me in that sense. And I think we all learn from everyone that we meet and encountering. That's kind of our job here. Um, but that said, Anita um, reached out to me and I knew instantly that it was what I had been waiting for for a number of years actually to happen. And I knew instantly, and ironically, she was flying into my hometown where I actually wrote all of my music. And at the time I was living, living actually in the UK in London, England, but my hometown was in London, Ontario, Canada. So she actually came to my hometown, which is what I meditated on for a number of years. Um, and she invited me to be a guest of honor at her at her workshop and to sing because she was a fan of my work. Wow. Um, so it just was one of those sweet things that happened that I had been waiting for. And 
Um, we had lunch uh, the first day when she flew in, and then we actually um, did the you know the the actual workshop together, and I sang, and um, we just knew instantly. We had a third, a second lunch actually on the third day um, before she flew out, and we just knew instantly that we had to do something together. So she uses my work now, my music in her workshops um, around the world. Wow, that's amazing, and it's and what a beautiful story of things coming together exactly as they're meant to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it really was that divine alignment, which, you know, leads into that first song, which is, you know, the divine design. Absolutely. Now, it, in in this partnership, is it that she inspired the music? Yes. Yeah, so what happened for me that, you know, I always I have I always say that I have the connection to the other side. I've always had it. I think we all have it. I just didn't realize what it was like until it started really showing itself. So I, my team, I always call my team on the other side, um, really my guidance, I would say, that surrounds me. Um, my music is often, it comes to life from the other side, I would say. Um, and the song started flowing through my head, um, Anita, and I knew I needed to, I just knew I needed to get to a piano, and it fell out of me within probably about an hour. Um, and I wrote Anita, the, the title track, actually, uh, not the title track, sorry, the song that started the, the album. And that actually happened before any of the what I knew would be coming, which would be actually to work with her on this album. I just knew I needed to write the song, and it came out of me. And then I went to my, stu- my studio um, that I use in Toronto and recorded it with my producer and um, surprised Anita with the song, um, which led to the album, actually. Oh my gosh. We have that track. We have Anita from um, Paul Leftenegger's new album, The Miracle of You. Let's go ahead and play that. Take a listen. One day there was a little girl who dreamed to come down to earth from heaven. Her heart so sweet and her soul so pure And the miracle began Anita Oh uh-huh. 
You're a miracle love, sweet love. You're a miracle love, God's love. Anita from Paul Luftenegger's new album, The Miracle of You, a song inspired by his work with Anita Morjani. Paul, I believe that uh, spiritual teachers, authors, musicians, artists can bring perspective in times when it feels like things are dark or anxious or scary or changeable. And you said before we went into that track that you believe that there's more that unites us than divides us. And we're in a time in the world where there are people throwing up a lot of divisions everywhere. We got more boundaries and more rules and more um, limits between us than I certainly have seen before in, in my lifetime. Can you say more about how music, about how love can can unite us, can encourage peace? Absolutely. And I think you you led into that perfectly because I know really the person that really helped me um, really in my own healing was Maya Angelou. She was known for many, many things, but I love the quote, so simple, love liberates. Mm -hmm. And um, I know unequivocally that love unites people. And I know that music, which I did not really, you know, as a musician, I did not know this. Music brings people together. And what's really, you know, I'm learning as I go and I'm learning how to be me, I always say. Um, but what's really interesting with music is that there is, there are so many friendships that have formed that would not have been formed had I not done what I did. And, you know, I have a, a fan base around the world and I am often reminded by people that develop relationships through my social communities. And I did not really think that I would ever be able, I just didn't realize that was even a possibility because, you know, you look at fans of some music and, you know, they're fans of the artist. For me, conscious music has brought people together in friendship because it's a conscious community and conscious community. When someone sees some, someone actually sharing something, they then reach out to them. And then that expands a moment of, of 
love. And love starts expanding love. And that love wave, I believe, in this time of great change that we're in right now, the shift, as, as it's been called or termed, um, love is what will save the day. <laughs> and everything else for me no longer matters because if we can just every day focus on love as best we can, it doesn't mean we need to be perfect at it, but just to seed one seed of love every day. And I like to look at love. Deepak Chopra always says, in every seed lies the promise of many forests. If you just look at the love within your heart as a seed, that love expands. And if we all take ownership of our life and expand love just a little bit every day, the world expands love. And that's kind of been my whole mantra since my dad died, because that has healed me. And I knew I needed to do that intuitively. That's beautiful. And it, um, I, I agree with you. And the times that we are in are especially mm, fractious, anxious, nervous-making. And yet, we as incarnated humans have gone through many such times of changeable, anxious-making, all that kind of stuff. But what can change this time, as I believe, what changes this time is how do we show up? How can we embody love? How can we inhabit love? How can we be love in ourselves and through what we do, spread love? And to me, that spreading love isn't um, a, a kind of a passive thing like, oh, love, yay. But to yeah. me, and I believe you believe this too, at least I hear this in your music, is that love is about, is is an action, is uh, taking an energetic step forward. Love takes courage and commitment and clarity. Absolutely. And you said that perfectly. And that is the, you know, that is for me the sweet spot of the future that I know we are kind of understanding for the first time, I think. And, you know, you know, in the, especially in America, I mean, you're in the States, um, we're friends, you know, as bordering countries. Um, I'm in Canada. Um, what I think is really interesting in this, um, really essentially this kind of political charged election in the U.S., it's giving us an opportunity to really do some reflection on what do we really want the future to look like. And for me, I know I just very clearly want to say for me to choose love is always the answer. And when we do that, I know we, we actually heal ourselves. Um, and that for me is, I didn't know that before the way that I understand it now. And I feel once you know better, you do better. And yeah. it's my job now. I have to say that out loud now because I, and you know, I have to have the courage to say that because I used to be very um, passive in, in having a voice, but I know that it's my job now and my responsibility to really, I would say actually this planet to say that love really will solve all of our problems. Um, and I do believe that. I believe that too. I don't know how much you know about me or my story or anything, but for me, my whole life changed when I said yes to the way that I was being guided to live my life. When I stopped trying really hard to be something else or do something else, I was in the corporate world too. Gosh, I was yeah. the worst corporate world person you can possibly imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> my time there was brief and eventful. And then I was, then I wasn't in the corporate world anymore. Um, but my whole life changed when I said, Yes. And I realized that when I and I adopted what I call a no lying policy, mm -hmm. that in every situation I will speak from my truth. Yeah. 
And in the work, I work as an intuitive guide and a spiritual teacher. And in the work that I do, my courage, my ability to speak out doesn't just make me feel great. Yay, I was brave enough to speak out, but it also might give somebody else permission to speak out. Absolutely. It might plant a seed, as you say, that cont- contains the possibility of many forests, that when any of us tell the truth and tell the truth in love, no matter what the situation is, no matter, it doesn't matter, when any of us do that, it opens a door for all of us. And that to me, if there's one lesson, if everybody, I am here in the States and I just, my goodness, you can't escape all the nonsense that's going on here, like politically and every place else. When you are surrounded with that, all that you need to do is just speak your truth. Just say it clearly, cleanly, plainly, and then go do something to make that truth, to put that truth in action. Absolutely. Mm, So there. That's yeah, I love it. I love that you. I love that you just said that too, because it's powerful. And I believe that, you know, we marginalize ourselves, um, and it takes courage to say the truth. Actually, sometimes, and to know to know that, you know, how many times have you been in the car after you wanted to say something and then didn't? Yeah. Well, I love that you just said that because um, you always run through what you could have said, but that's for next time. And to me, you just say whatever you can, and then you just let it go. Well, and so many of us, I think, are waking up. You were talking about how music had been a part of your life and you kind of put it to one side because you can't make money doing that and that's impractical and go, you know, put on your suit and go be a corporate guy. So many people who I talk to right now, Paul, are waking up and realizing that there's a part of themselves that got left behind, a part of themselves that got kind of shoved under the bed a little bit, or we covered it up with a sheet for a while. And that part is waking up as we are waking up spiritually. There's a part of them waking up that's asking to be heard. There's a voice, there's a song, there's work, there's a path, there's light that we're meant to be shine, that we're meant to shine that's waiting to be expressed. And one of the things that I like about your music, one of the things that I hope I do in my own work is kind of give people open that door, show them here, you can express it. Here's a place, here's an idea. But that expression, I believe is key to us moving forward through this change. Absolutely. And the thing that I was just going to say that just came to my mind that I just want to share with you is that on this album in particular, there's a song called My Heart, which is actually interesting because it's the most listened to and most popular song that I have ever written. And it's simply a message of just putting your hand on your heart and saying, I love you to yourself, for yourself, from yourself. And just doing that, um, I believe very much that if you start with self-love, all the rest falls into place because you're meant to treat yourself the way that God would treat you. Mm. (laughs) And that's with love. And that for me is that really shifted for me what I know I needed to do for myself to heal. And you, you're not going to heal in a, in a, in a space of hate or in a space of that. Like the only way that I really knew that I could heal was with love and expanding it a little bit every day, first with myself loving me and then really expanding that into the world outside of myself. Will you say that again, that you put your hand on your heart and you... Yes, so just simply close, you know, put your hand on your heart and simply say, I love you to yourself, for yourself, from yourself, and really feel that love for yourself. And I really do, I've, you know, I've had messages from the other side that are very simply, uh, if we all did that at one time, it would be a very different world if we loved ourselves because we wouldn't want to hurt anyone 
uh, with my, uh, with my life partner. She's actually, she's my wife. I love that I can look, she's my wife. I can can say that now. She was, we've been to, we just had our 30th anniversary and we were only legally married for like the last few years of it. Um, and so I'm not, it sounds weird to say that, but my wife and I created, um, because of all the stuff that's going on in the world, created a, a monthly, just a 15 minute, call a global meditation um, where we just all come and we put our intention on peace and that idea of showing up somewhere in love, whether that's a meditation call, whether that's coming to see Paul perform, whether it's listening to this show, whether it's picking up a book that you like, whether it's sitting very quietly in the bathtub, right? That when you show up in love, when you show up with an intention to create um, peace, to spread love, you're really doing something there. You are treating yourself the way that God is treating you. Absolutely. And that is the, that is the most beautiful space there is. And love transcends everything. And together we amplify that vibration. I believe. Mm. Beautiful. When you talk about conscious music. Can you say a little bit about what that is? That It's kind of, I like it, but it also sort of suggests there's unconscious music, stuff that we just throw out there. Well, I think ultimately what I really love about that, what I have, I've had to come up with a term for this for myself because it really is different for me. And it's really just, we have to honor the fact that we're creators. And I always like to say that intention should be 10 tenths of the law because what we mm-hmm. intend, if we're creators, you know, what is our intention? And if we if our intention is to expand love as best we can every day, um, that for me is conscious because it's from a space of love. And I believe everything is made of love um, underneath the surface of fear. <laughs> so for me, conscious music is really going within, taking responsibility for the energy we create individually from within ourselves. And if we live in a space of that consciousness of taking responsibility for the energy we're putting out into the world then that changes the world very quickly. Um, so my music is really with the intention to expand love. And it really is my, my mantra on all of my music. So every single song is from the space of expanding love for self and others. Um, and it's very obvious if you listen to it. And um, I, I, get, I get more and more mail. And what's really cool about love is when it goes out, it comes back to you. So whatever you're putting out comes right back. And the more you understand that, it's so simple. And it's so much easier to love. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> you Well, it's a lot less work because mm. you don't have to pretend as much, right? <laughs> There's a lot yes. less posturing. It's, and it's <laughs> much more that. enjoyable because it will come back to you. And that's the thing that I... I really, um, I'm just so thankful I know this now because I, at one point, just really just kind of was not really living from that space at one point. Well, and what for me is just coming up as I'm listening to you is that we, that we don't have to be afraid to live in love for all of us who were told that we, for whatever reason, we were too loud, we were too rich or too poor, we were too whatever or not enough, whatever, that there is no reason to fear living in love because that's our natural, that's our natural way. Mm. You connect beautifully and transparently and with lots and lots of hearts with people on social media. You're one of my favorite Facebook people because there are hearts everywhere. When I know I I can't stop. I I love it. It makes me feel great. How can listeners connect with you, connect with your work? How can they get hearts from you on Facebook too? 
So basically, um, if you Google my name, it's Paul Leftenegger. So L-U-F is in Frank, T is in Tom, E-N-E-G-G-E-R. And Google has a great amount of information just to connect with me. Um, but that being said, if you go to BeKindness.com, so B-E-E, Kindness.com, um, I have quick links um, for everyone there for Facebook as well as um, Twitter. Um, and I'm pretty active on, on Facebook, like you know. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And I know that there is a new album in the works. Is there, can you say a little about it? Let us know. Yes, absolutely. So this is really exciting for me. So I actually have become uh, really good friends with uh, Dr. Christian Northrup, whom I love so much. And we've been friends for, for quite a while now. Um, and she actually, um, I'm going to be debuting a song actually, um, with her. So I'm really excited. That's the one thing I'm going to say there. And this song is really different and it's really about um, helping um, especially three things. Um, it's helping the children by modeling love um, and it's also helping the endangered species by loving the world and then also helping the planet with love. And those three things are the key components of this song. And um, that this is going to be my next album and it's called I Believe in You. And that is coming out this summer? Basically, I'm, I've recorded that first song, the title track, um, and I'm just letting the universe kind of orchestrate the next steps. So I've, I'm writing every day. I'm kind of, I've written the album, I think, mostly. But in terms of uh, the final kind of recording hasn't happened of the, of the whole album. So I'm just kind of waiting to see what, what happens in the next couple of months and just living in the moment. <laughs> oh, but that's exactly as it should be. As your, as your life has changed, as your success has grown and people, more and more people know about your work, has your creative process changed because of travel and performance and that kind of stuff? Well, basically, what I do right now, um, I'm pretty strict on this. I, I perform uh, for myself every morning. So I, I always take two hours usually every morning and play the piano at least four to five times a week. Um, that's my spiritual space, my spiritual practice. I light a candle and, and write and play music every day. Um, and really, um, that's my go-to every day. That's where I, I feel closest to God, I would say. Um, and then that being said, I also, I, I meditate, um, and I do more of a meditation, um, when I work out at the gym, that's kind of my new, my new way. So that's kind of my spiritual practice every day is singing, um, and really meditating and a little chanting as well, while I actually, um, physically raise my heartbeat. Mm, that's beautiful. Paul, thank you so much for being on the show it's there's never enough time so I know. <laughs> so come back um yes, thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much paul it's such an honor and thank you everyone for listening and that is paul leftenegger his new album is the miracle of you you can find out more about paul and his work at bekindness.com that's b-e-e kindness.com and of course you can always find out more about me upcoming classes and events more travel to the west coast more good stuff coming up all of that is at karenhager.com if you are like me somebody who is 
feeling the weight of these anxious times um, and you are wanting to join with others in a safe, open, quiet space for collective intention around peace and harmony in our hearts and at the heart of the world, I invite you to join me in opening the peaceful heart. You can get details about that monthly call at openpeacefulheart.com. That's a free call. It's something we've got now hundreds of people from all over the world joining in on this. Boy, would I love to see you there the next time we connect. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. And thank you so much for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.